0: right i think i'm ready are you guys ready cool let's rock and roll right so in this week's episode i chat to nick saunders who is a longtime friend of mine nick used to be the guitarist for a band called vices which is a south african metal band Nick has now relocated to the UK and we decided to catch up and talk music. We were joined by a friend of his, Alistair, who is also an ex-South African musician, also living in the UK, and here's this week's episode.
1: I know you've been chatting to other people as well from around the globe. It's like everyone's just trying to find their feet in this new world. But I think yeah. if anything, it's just shown us like, I mean, Nick and I were having this conversation around like, do you actually need to be in the office five days a week? No, no. absolutely not anything it's just showing
0: that you can actually just take a day or two and just be more productive at home you know yeah yeah absolutely absolutely okay guys i'm set up everything is recording so cool you're ready to rock and roll and this is generally the point uh, that everyone now gets all um super self-conscious because they know that the microphones are live and you're recording but i mean <laughs> yeah. you guys are seasoned you guys are seasoned uh, musicians so <laughs> So you know what it's like when the when the when when things go live. Eh? Uh yeah, well if
2: it's well if it's live already, bro. I feel I like I'm, all good. I feel
0: like I'm in my natural habitat. Yeah, exactly. So Yeah, let's go. All right, let's do it. Yeah. So um, you were mentioning now that you guys, I mean, how do you guys know one another? I mean, you are both from South Africa. You both both living in London, but uh, yeah. from a musical point of view, you guys were were, were musicians. What's um, yeah. how did you guys
1: meet?
2: We were playing in the same circles, Yeah, uh, playing the same venues, um, but I don't know if it was out of immaturity or uh, a lack of acceptance of other people's music. Um, we weren't uh, socializing with one another mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, purposefully. Um, and then we moved to London separately, obviously, yeah. uh, Alistair with his wife and me with my girlfriend, and we met up. And, mm-hmm. we found,
1: and we found gig
2: buddies. And here yeah, we are, man. That's it.
1: It's through yeah. mu- mutual friends just in a park on one glorious summer's day in London. Yeah. And uh, got chatting. And then, uh, you know, as as we'll chat through the whole session around just finding buddies here in London to experience the London scene together. You know, so you're not a, by yourself. Yeah. Just chilling and watching a band, you know, freaking out by yourself. So that's how we sort of met. You know. Yeah. And then it all sort of came rushing back. You're like, mm. oh, my
2: God, did you play at Cool Runnings four ways? That's it. You know? <laughs> did you play at tempos that's and all these amazing menus in south africa like yeah i just got chatting and uh that's sort of i think that sort of love for music mm, has mm. taken us on this journey where man i mean the depth of the like the depth of experience mm. of london i think was amplified by me
1: meeting others and i mm. don't know if it was the same for you but, absolutely yeah and it's experiencing with somebody i guess that's the unique thing it's like there's a bit of a there's a, oh, there's a band playing, there's something happening, you know what I mean, you want to actually go because you're not doing it yourself. So, yeah. you know, through that, you know, it's, it's actually sort of blanketed in, in a way broader scope where you're actually going to see all these bands that are a bit like maybe undiscovered or maybe large, whatever, because yeah. you actually just want to go out and have a good night, right? I think that's yeah. the main thing is a buddy. And then also from that, you know, we've actually grown, when I say a mini community, I mean a mini community of a couple of South Africans We've met at it's shows beautiful. and you can obviously hear a South African accent from a mile away at a show. And we've got a bit of a group here, like a WhatsApp group uh, where we share shows. And even if Nick can't make it or I can't make it, at least there's a bit of a buddy system. So there's a couple of us going and watching shows, but also keeping tabs of the scene as well, because it's really hard to just keep, keep up your finger many, on the pulse. You yeah. know, there's so many shows. So I may have seen something on Instagram and someone may have seen something else. We're always keeping each other up to date with what's actually, actually happening there.
0: Yeah. That's cool. So when you guys were back in South Africa, what, um, Alisa, what band, you were playing in a band, right?
1: Yeah, that's it. So, um, so I've, I've been in the music um, scene since I was about 17, so 14 years, giving the age, you know what yeah. I mean? So um, I, I, was, I have been always in the music scene in South Africa. Um, starting um, sort of 17, I was the, the, the lead vocalist and guitarist for a band called Fear of Falling. Um, it was sort of that post-hardcore vibe, the Under Oath-esque vibe. Um, and, you know, starting at the days of Roxy's um, mm. in Melbourne, handing out the tickets at the door to try to get people in, working away from a Tuesday to a Saturday night, you know, all the way back there. Um, and we did that for many, many years. Um, we, we we did some great stuff in Fuhrer Falling back then. There was battle of the Bands and all those things. We opened for Under Oath and Haste the Day back in the day. Um, and then I when, when I got out of school, I was actually studying drumming. That's my main instrument. Um, And then moved from Fear of Falling into One Day Sky, who are still going now. But, you know, I'm obviously not a member anymore, and I haven't been for about three years. Uh, But then started drumming with them, and we took it really seriously. Um, And, you know, got got a lot of touring under our belts, got a lot of international um, acts under our belt to open for them. um, And and thought about production and the way that we do things quite differently. Um, Clinton Watts, Watts Production in South Africa, um, who's the vocalist of One Day Sky, um, we were able to go into his studio and create and produce our own music, which was fantastic. You know, within South Africa, when, uh, when you have a shoestring yeah. budget or no budget at all, there is no shoestring. Um, it was just really great to, to get really good copy. Um, and then our guitarist, Eric Barnfather, um, who's got his own production house as well, um, made all our videos. So we've, we've got a few. Uh, well, when I say we, the band back in the day, and they're still continuing. And um, you know, we produced some really good stuff there, and I'm really sort of proud of that. Those times, um, and then also in the midst of that, I would I stood in for a couple of bands South World, which was the evolution of Cutting Jade at the time, right. did some vocals for them, uh, did some drumming for My Epic Vice, um, and then um, a little bit of drumming for Climate Control, um, who are also just continuing on releasing some singles. So that's nice that for me, and nice, yourself, dude. Nicholas.
2: Uh, I mean, I think you've I think you've excelled there, Jesus. <laughs> um, well done. Did you prepare anything? Um, he doesn't have any cue cards. No, no, no cue cards. cards you been that in front of no. the yeah.
0: So <laughs> no, no teleprompter on the other side there. With the it's stuck behind the cell phone yeah. <laughs> or the uh, laptop.
2: <laughs> yeah, exactly, man. Um, I didn't study music. Uh, I wish I had, but um, I went to school with a bunch of guys. We started a band uh, called Vices. And we just wanted to be a lamb of God.
1: <laughs> well,
2: well, at least I did. I don't know about anyone else. Nice. I wanted to be a lamb of God. And I was hell-bent that I was going to play the guitar like lamb of God. And some might say I achieved it, and others might say I didn't. But I'll say I got just about there. And uh, played in Vices for about six years. Um, that's actually when I met you, Andrew.
0: Yeah, that's right. That's right. Uh,
2: uh, and you and the other Andrew that, that yeah, that uh, that we used to work with. Do you still work with him?
0: Oh, I do. He, yeah. yeah, I do.
2: That old geezer. Um, <laughs> yeah. So uh, you I mean you guys came to a few shows and we did our thing, and then just life caught up with us. And I started teaching guitar, as you know. Nice. I gave you. I I gave you a few lessons in in uh, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm just here to show you what I can do, sort of thing. Yeah, I, um,
0: think, I think we were just uh, chilling, chatting, and smoking. Eh?
2: Yeah, exactly. I think that was it. <laughs> we're like, so cool, we're here. What are we gonna do? We're like, oh, I'm just gonna like clinky plunky and like, can you make me another drink? Like, that'd be cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Boston, by the way. Um, yeah. uh, and then, yeah, Vice sort of ended after we got the lead singer of Chromium to play uh, to play drums for us. Yes. Um, Vice just sort of petered out after, I think we played Thornfest 2, the camp. Mm, mm. Uh, and we played to a massive crowd and it was awesome. And then I don't know what happened. I think life happened or whatever they call it. Circumstances just petered out and we just stopped. There was no like official decision. We just stopped. There was right. no one messaging for anything, mm. and then Jared, um, Jared Gunston uh, from Chromium, he said, "Hey, do you want to come and play the bass in Chromium?" And I said, "Sure." <laughs> Who would? Say that? Uh, and I think you and Webster also came to a couple of those shows, um, and yeah, toured the country, which was not horrible at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, experienced things that I'd never experienced in vices. Uh, got a whole appreciation for professional music outfit. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, people that do it as a profession versus guys that are doing it because hey, it's cool. These are my mates from mm-hmm. school, and like mm-hmm. we're doing it to this level. Yeah. You know, and to join and to join Chromium sort of like just opened my eyes to this to this professionalism beyond what you could imagine mm-hmm. as standing in the crowd mm-hmm. or being. And I couldn't believe the level At what these At like You know Just the level And the effort that Jared Put into the production Of their shows Mm, mm. And So Like Just so clinical But it didn't translate As clinical Mm. live They never had to worry About a thing Um, You know There's always the broken string Or whatever Mm, like that But You know Everything that Was in their control Was in their control Mm. And um, That sort of Went on for about a year And him and I then started chatting, and he was like, "Let's start another project, and let's go completely left field." And we started a band called Silent Sneakers, mm-hmm. which uh, you can find online. Uh, I, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna advertise it because I sometimes look back on it a little bit and cringe. But you know what? That's part of my life. That's who I am, and that was part of my journey. And this was an indie pop band, and I sang. <laughs> I've never sang in a band in my life. Um, I was always just wanting to play the most complicated riffs and solos and this and that. And I'd never thought about singing and playing and singing. Mm. That is a whole other skill all in its own. And that's what brought me to the end of my music career when I thought, there's no way I can have a job at De Beers or at Paragon or at anywhere that I was at the time and manage a national touring Mm -hmm. band when these guys want to do it as a profession and Mm -hmm. I want to do it as something that I love, but like, I can't give 100% of my time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that's removed myself. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, Very, very gracefully, I might add. I just, (laughs) 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 yeah. yeah. And I mean, that was, that was my music career. And it's been uh, a good nine or 10 years Mm. and it felt great. And I still and I still reminisce on it to this day. Mm. I don't know about you, but like I still think about it Absolutely. every day.
1: And and I I guess I could only maybe just side with the 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 thought of like the South African music journey that every musician takes, where you know it, it takes those opportunities to play at a Tuesday night at a club. And you know, you know, we, we'll get in the topic of sort of um, reducing venue sizes in South African hearts becoming a bit harder. But back in when I said the heyday, <clears throat> a lot of your play, right? To yeah. to to perfect your craft. And I think Tempos on a Saturday. Man. That's it, man. And there was there was some goals there. And and I think, you know, as as up and coming bands you slowly start to look at things a little bit a little bit differently and you start to take it more as like a professional craft rather than just you know just playing and playing to kids getting a bit drunk or, you know, yourselves or whatever the fact is. Is that I think the purpose there is that I think a lot of bands in South Africa now are making it a professional um position for them to have good production good sound good everything whilst maintaining full-time jobs so yeah. that's the main thing to to really t- take my hat off to anyone that's in the South African industry at the moment where the guys are creating insanely creative beautiful innovative music as well yeah. as copy like i mean whether it's instagram posts whether it's the content that they're producing music videos and you you sort of got to take a step back and go like guys well done you know this yeah. is this is part time hobby imagine you were doing it full time with the budget i think there's a bit of difference there and i think we've gone through that journey and that journey was pre social media where you were standing you know in the university with flyers to come to my show please you know what I mean? there was no real broadcasting of it so there's been a real journey in this life of the music in the music industry. on that note though i think uh, i think if you'd gone back 10
2: years i think it's a lot harder mm. to do that then than it is now Yes. Because now you have all these platforms, you know, you've got mm-hmm. YouTube and you can go onto YouTube and you can immediately get a thousand views mm-hmm. if you tag it right. Mm-hmm. Uh, Spotify. You can get onto Spotify with like distrokid you know, mm-hmm. for minimal effort. Sure, you put in a lot of effort to your craft and mm-hmm. to this this thing that you've created, whether mm-hmm. it be a song, a video or whatever. But ten years ago, I wasn't even thinking about that.
1: CDs. It just anything oh, just I've
2: made a demo and it's really crap. But please buy it. Yeah. And like that was yeah. you know, like they were really crap. Yeah. And I think I like I thought it sounded amazing. Mm. I was like, this is so cool. I'm gonna tell everyone I've got a sticker for you and a CD and yeah, you know what, have a t-shirt. But don't judge me too hard. But also praise me at the same time. Yeah. Like now, if you don't go on Spotify with a certain level of production, or you don't go on YouTube with a certain level of video production. Mm. Did you get swallowed up by nothing? Mm. So in a way it could be harder, and in a mm. way it's also you just like I think we were offered less tools back then. Hundred percent. And I really appreciate these little bands now that you find on Spotify, for example, mm. that have three hundred monthly listeners. Mm. And they are creating music that I'm listening to on repeat mm. for mm. four days at a time. Because mm. it's so good. Absolutely. It's yeah, great yeah. the point. Mm. So
0: do you think do you think that those um, Know, like the advent of social media and the things like streaming services, do you think that that's made it the barrier to entry a lot easier for, for musicians to get themselves out there?
1: It's a bit of a double edged sword. Yeah, I mean, let, let's I, I would like to discuss it as the pro and the con. So let, let's let's say the good stuff, right? Mm. Let's sort of break it down because I, I think there's, there's no real answer to this, right? I think the good thing is, you know, Nick's saying, I mean, you know, anyone has now the license and the platform for them to go on and discover new music, whatever it may be, whether, whether you are as niche as pirate metal or pop music, whatever you want to do, you can get on there. And there, there there's certain algorithms that are happening, which I, which absolutely blows my mind all the time with Spotify and Apple music, where you can discover new music. So ultimately it it is the, the greatest platform using innovation to get us to the point of broadcasting in a, in a, in a cleverer way. In saying that to next points is that you can't be shit either, right? You've got to be on there and you've got to be really good. Whatever you're producing, and it's not just that, right? You, you'll find a band, you'll really love what they're playing, but then you're going to go and look on their social media. You're going to go and look at their YouTube. So I think it brings a stressor of the fact of, like, if you've got any new fans that are coming on, you've got to have the full package, right? You can't just yeah. have a song. It's got to be things that are really going to draw you in. And maybe that's where the negative part comes in, where, and i you know i always bring it back to the south african scene but like it's very hard and very costly to make good stuff and when i mean stuff it's such a broad term of <laughs> yeah. whether whether in the, in the whether in the it's studio, furniture or music that, yeah <laughs> I mean, that's it. whether making guitars no um but like you've got to have the right kinds of equipment right the right kinds of guitars and drums and set up for you to be going into studio and that studio is going to be fitted out the particular way right you've got to have, producers, you've got to have video guys that are coming in it's the whole step that spotify back in the day we used to just give a blank cd man that was it that was our copy now it's the whole process that you need to be doing and you've got to be very clever in the way that you do that and and i find that a lot of the bands that maybe just fall under the radar the ones that just can't figure it out right there's maybe not someone in the band who knows how to edit a video or maybe someone in the band who doesn't have his home studio you know and i can only think again in if i bring it back to south africa of are bands that are maybe a a bit more underprivileged, right? That are, that are trying to get the scene and it's just really expensive to do anything and to find help. So is, is the social advent of of innovation and things in the music industry good? Yes, but no. Well, I think, I mean, you've been speaking about the yes to a certain
2: extent here. You've touched on the no. I think the no comes into it is that when you've had a good thing for a very long time, There's a lot of people that have had the good thing Mm, mm. and more and more people get this good thing, whether that be YouTube or whether that be Spotify or whatever service you're using. And now I think the struggle that we faced without streaming, the current generation of newer bands is facing with streaming.
1: Mm, mm. What's
2: what's the next step that's going to like... Elevate maybe 50% of those people mm-hmm. and the other 50% will be left behind or mm-hmm. be like I really wish I understood this service I really mm-hmm. wish I understood how to promote myself on a platform where I don't have a personal voice I've got a voice of brand mm-hmm. and uh, That's something I really wish I could get my teeth stuck into I unfortunately have chosen a career path that doesn't allow me to um, <laughs> Delve into that very deeply and like understand it on a, on a business level uh, yeah, like, yeah. like whether that be a consumer or the, or the provider. Mm. But like, if I was a band now, all I would want is 10,000 listeners on Spotify totally. because I would know that I would then be stable. Yeah. But what does it take to get that? I can't tell you. Mm. I would assume it takes mm. a buttload. Absolutely. An absolute buttload.
1: And I, and I, I think also, um, speaking to sort of, if you go down the rabbit hole of algorithms and data and things, you know, yeah. um, I'm I'm very close with Jam Pack Productions in South Africa with Craig and JP and Co, where they look at analytics there and they make um, sort of um, monetary, justified, quantified decisions based on people and the amount of listeners they have in each country. Mm. So if anything, the good thing there is that if they want to bring out, for example, our last night, right, they've come out twice now. Um, and other bands, they they can actually make an educated decision without losing money of how many listeners they have in each country. Yeah. So it's it's really good that they can make those decisions just yeah. based on, that, which is amazing.
0: Yeah. Actually, I mean, you make good points. I mean, the the fact that they that now with streaming services, you can get those sort of metrics that mm. tell you those kind of things. What's the age profile of the people that listening to your music? <laughs> is it male or female? Um, you know, what region is it? In, you know, in the country, um, yeah, I think I think those are probably things that were not really um, at at people's fingertips a couple of years ago. Hundred yeah,
2: percent, absolutely. And the metric mm. is every. I mean, mm. I mean, I think you've I mean I think you've got all the top artists in the world right now basing their biggest shows on metric. Hundred I mean, percent. Like like 100%. what like like what is the metric for our budget of one million dollars for mm. a Lady Gaga show at mm. the O2 Arena in London. Mm. I mean, you're going to sell it out five times. Mm. What's our supply and demand? Then it comes down to the economics of it. And I think it's, like, data is, I think it's just changing the world. Whether it be with, like, YouTube, Spotify, mm. Deezer, Tidal, whatever it is, mm. whatever the platform, Facebook and Instagram, it's it's mm. unbelievable what data does. And, mm. uh, and it's unbelievable how that actually manipulates music.
1: Mm. Mm. Because...
2: I mean, how much, how much music is, uh, is coming out these days mm. that you can send that you like. And I don't think that's quantifiable because mm. there's so much.
1: So and at what point can you define the metric? And what I, and if, if I take it one step back, just from less of the businessy kind of things, it's just the us as listeners, when last were you really excited to get an album? So if I think, if I think <laughs> a couple of years back, right, I remember getting pocket money from my parents, right? And I would get a hundred grand, right? And I'll go to the CD store, CD stores back then, music or whatever the case was. And I would, you know, I don't know, the the Perfect Circle album or whatever it was back then. And I used to adore and love that album. And I would listen to it to death.
2: Precious, man. Absolutely to death. And if you crack the case... You were
1: ashamed of yourself. <laughs> but now, now I think about the way that I, you know, I, I, I often listen and There's a story there, right? There's artistic value between song number one and song number 10, the way it flows, the way it is. But yeah. now it's more single related where you, now, you know, um, you've only, you've only got certain amounts of, of, of your listeners ear where you have those, those seconds at the beginning of the song, you've got that minutes that for, for you to really draw them in. And I think, you know, we, when we listened to bands, we had a whole album. We had the whole afternoon to explore if we actually liked this artist or not. Now yeah. it's a flip for the button. I don't really like that. I don't really like that. Ten yeah. seconds in. One second in, you know. I might not like the name, you know. So it's, in so many ways, it's also so crucial um, that the artists do what they need to do, as in do their homework. What what makes an artist um, pull people in within those couple of seconds as an unknown band? You know? I think, yeah, I
2: think the point. there is no more track numbers yes there is just albums they don't have track one two like that's if you, you know if you had to ask me five years ago what's your favorite metallica song i'd be like mm. track four uh, on that's it on ride the lightning thank you mm. like and like like what's the song called we're like i don't know it's just track four on my cd player that's now like, i know the name of the song
1: and that's it's it. this band that you've never heard of and it's on spotify and <laughs> and and for for any sort of if, if anyone is listening that's coming from an up-and-coming band that once you sort of figure out and, and get inspiration from what the world is now, I'd highly recommend a band called Sleep Token. Um, okay. Sleep Token themselves have absolutely mastered the craft of single releases. And traction. And, and traction that they gain because each one has different artwork demonstrated amongst each each single. They've got different merchandise to each new single. A piece of
2: merch for every single. They've
1: really nailed it. So and if you want inspiration, go check those guys
2: out. Of
1: with, of a 13-song
2: album, 12 songs were singles. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's unheard of for me. Mm-hmm. Yes.
1: 12,
2: 12 singles of a 13-song album. That's it. And they all were left for a month or two months to be listened to and got millions and millions of views. And they sold a piece of merch for every single, and they made a lot of money. That's it. But they still maintain their identity, and they are still independent. 100% that is that is mastery of the thing Mm. which i don't think a lot of people have i do not understand social media like that Mm. i don't understand social traction like that i think i'm past that point or Mm. i just haven't put in enough effort
1: Mm. Uh,
2: like that is to me absolutely mind-blowing
1: and i I think if i if i can jump the topic on something is is you know what what we've seen here moving to the uk about discovering new bands i think that's the other thing right you got you got the platform spotify but there's the there's the main platform which is the stage, and yes. I think there's there's been so many bands that that we've seen together where you want to go see the, the the main act, and you get there and there's actually somebody else. You know, there's the two or three bands before that you go like, oh yeah. shit, these guys are, and I've never listened to them before. They've made my algorithm before, yeah. and there's, there's you know, we can't sidestep the fact that there's nothing that beats live music and just That's being awesome. there, Having no expectation of going, wow, these guys are really good. You know what I mean?
2: Going to a live show, I mean, mm. that's that's the only thing. I mean, Drew, just for you now, I mean, you being in South Africa, obviously, mm. let's go pre-lockdown. Yes. What are the last three live shows you went to? Yeah. So, and this, sorry, but I, like, I just want to caveat that this is not a dick-measuring competition. No, no, uh,
0: not at all. <laughs> out no. of curiosity. Yeah. So, um, I'm, I'm really enjoying, enjoying the sort of blues rock kind of, um, music scene at the moment. So, yeah. um, you know, catching Dan yeah. Patlansky playing yeah. at the, uh, at the barnyard or I've got a, f- I don't know if I've mentioned to you, but I've got a friend who, um, who's got a venue in observatory. It is actually in the basement of his house and it, oh. it's, um, holds 60 people. And he gets the likes of Dan Petlansky, Ross from Prime Circle. Uh, he had Jesse Clegg there. You know, he's had a, a number of um, artists there. Vornabweum. Uh,
2: Sounds very bootleg, like 60 yeah. people in a basement. That's yeah. awesome.
0: Yeah, and then what he does is that you pay like, you pay 500 Rand. And uh, you, get, uh, you get your meal. You help yourself to drinks. And you get the show. And then, so you get there, welcoming, drink, um, you know, have dinner, go watch the show. At halftime, there's coffee and cake, and then you watch the second part of the show, and then you get to hang with, with, with the artist afterwards. Um, so Dan, Dan's probably paid, played there about 10 times over the Mm. last couple of years. Um, and it's such a great, I just love it because it's so intimate, and I've done a couple of podcasts there, Ross from Prime Circle, the guys from Vonnebuhr, Seeto. um, so it's, it's, it's really, uh, you know, the conversation that I've had with them is they like that venue, um, yeah. because it's very intimate and, um, it's very chill and, uh, you know, yeah. that kind of thing. But they're also quite intimidated by it as well because they said, you know, especially like, um, like Dan, I mean, he's, you know, he's been doing it for plenty of years. And, but he yeah. says that it's like it feels very really stripped down, and he feels like every mistake that he makes is, everyone, <laughs> like the person sitting there right there watching him. But and also uh, a
2: little bit culty, maybe. Like, yeah, and I mean,
0: like, yeah, and uh, people love love it. I mean, the shows are always sold out. Whoever's playing there. Um, so yeah. So then also to answer the question, um, there's a band here called uh, Black Harbor that. Uh, I've become, uh, uh, mates with the, with the, with the lead singer guitarist, the front band of that band. And, um, he's played at the Radium. He's play, he plays at the Hard Rock in, in, in Johannesburg. Uh, and then there are also some other venues like, um, Calexico, which is in 44 Stanley, which is Auckland Park. Unfortunately, yeah. Calexico is closed now because of the whole yeah. lockdown. But the, yeah. the guy, the owner of that, uh, Larry, he, um, he would often get, um, uh, Honor Carsons to come play there. You had Black Cat Bones, you know, uh, you know, quite a few of the, um, there's another band here in in South Africa called Georgetown. The Afrikaans guys, but they play like this hillbilly country music. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's, it's very catchy. It's very, it's very entertaining. If you're going out there and having a beer and you got this live band playing there. It's pretty cool. Yeah. I must admit, I, I, I really enjoy that. Yeah. So yeah, I do enjoy going out and supporting the local guys. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't been to, cause, cause I mean, you were talking about rumors. Rumors used mm-hmm. to be in Valtifrieden Park. Yeah. It then moved to opposite Crest to Center where mm-hmm. the old Standard Bank used to be. It yeah. Became yes. R- Rumor City or whatever it is. I've never been there. It's so funny. Like when a place, Moves venue for some reason. Even though the place was good before, you just like somehow it's, it's like when the doors moved from Joburg to Edenvale. You know, you just yeah. Yeah. You just didn't go. You know, kind of thing. Well, eventually I went to the doors again, but um, <laughs> <coughs> but uh, yeah. So I haven't been watching any heavy metal stuff or metal yeah. stuff, but I have come across a band. I did I did send you a link some time back, uh, Nick. Um, a band by the name of Deadline. Yes. I don't know if you yes. Remember. yes. And uh, man, I've been, I've been looking forward to catching these guys live. And the one time they were playing at Rumor City and I just, I just couldn't make it. You know, something came up, couldn't make it. I was very really disappointed that I couldn't make it, but I'm, I'm looking forward to lockdown lifting. Yeah. So that I can go catch these guys live because I mean, they, they, they make no excuse about the fact they are 1987 metal band. You <laughs> I know. love that.
2: Identity is everything, right? Absolutely. Yeah. This is what we're doing and we're not changing it. Yes. Yeah. That's great.
0: Yeah. And I mean, like, yeah. I, I, I chatted to Carlos Sanchez, who's the front band of that band, what, two podcasts ago. And, um, yeah, he was just saying that, you know, they do this because they enjoy it. And, mm. you know, they're not trying to be anything that they're not. They just love doing what they're doing. And, um, yeah, so that's what's, um, what they, uh, Sorry, that's just my daughter pulling in there. She's just decided to color her hair. So she's just coming to brag, I suppose. <laughs> um, yeah. So he said they just, they're just enjoying what they're doing and they're not, you know, like, I mean, they, they realize that it's not really a genre that people are really, really into, but there are people. Or he said, put it this way. So the kind of people that are into that are the older generation people, you know, the guys that are into Iron Maiden and, you know you know those like metallica early metallica kind of stuff but i I really enjoy their music uh it's nothing new it's nothing mind-blowing or whatever but it is just enjoyable music to listen to and i mean it's just like how many times have i listened to the trooper from iron maiden how many times have i listened to metallica it just never gets old for me and of course you want to find you want to find new bands and you know, and like, like you say, I mean, you're sharing it w- with one another. You're going onto Spotify. You're finding, finding new artists. You're going and watching a live show and seeing someone that you hadn't seen before. But I mean, That's let's, I mean, let's just talk about the, the music scene in South Africa, just on the metal or the, or the hard rock side. I mm-hmm. mean, what I mean, what sort of, cause I mean, you get a lot of the sort of, um, how can I say, you know, the more commercial type of music, radio kind of music that, yeah. You know, those events are supported, the Prime Circles, et cetera. Um, yeah. I mean, we were talking earlier on about um, – uh, what is that place you mentioned in, in Kaya Sands? Um, Tempo. Tempo, yeah. Uh, I always forget yeah. the name of that bloody place. <laughs> it in the place world, in the world.
2: It's where dreams that's, – That's the one. That's where dreams went to be made true. That's it, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I used to love that place. I
0: mean, yeah, remember when they used the to have it. those death metal nights and you go watch Chromium <laughs> – and knave and Uh, i don't know several other pig schooling bands but (laughs) yeah
2: yeah (laughs) that was that was the one man i love that place and like where
0: you could actually go and have a proper mosh and no one's going to give you any shit and And if you're not moshing you like you're not part of the you're not part of the scene eh? yeah yeah
1: yeah, exactly and 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 i think you know i mean i've been gone three years now i mean you know
2: uh i'm just gonna excuse myself for a comfort break he's gonna have a comfort (laughs) um
1: you know i so i mean as far as the and it's it's a hard one right let's just caveat metal as as a a very very large broad term of what we would describe from the iron maiden-esque to anything that's got some sort of a screamer element to something that's got a bit like a if if I may say a heavier guitar tone, dare mm. I say that do something more progressive. It, it, it's a large variety that we have in, in South Africa, but I think I think the platform is slowly dwindling. And when I mean the platform, I mean um, you know venues that are opening and closing, um, you know traction as far as the the audience and and the way that they're coming to shows. Um, you know it's not a popular. I mean it's not massively as popular as pop music or hip hop or or anything in South Africa. Even though for scene is massive, but I think, I think metal in itself has its peaks and its troughs, right? So if I think back a couple of years ago, um, and, and I'm speaking um, sort of like early 2000s, uh, my, my brother was in a band called Even Flow, um, who used to play with like Sarin Gas back in the day, oh, etc. Yeah. Et cetera. Yeah. Um, and, and that was sort of like the peak of that industry at the time, right? Where they used to pack out shows at Carnival City. Um, we, there was no international act that needed people to buy tickets to go to, right? So it would just be packed, and there was a, there was a sort of a booming scene, and and slowly through the progression of things, I think it's become harder and harder on venue owners, on on bands, on 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 all of them to have this pressure of keeping the scene alive. So I know that you know, like you're saying, one venue is already closed in 44 Sandy. yes, COVID related. I understand that, but that's just general news on on what bands are facing at the moment so if i if i put myself back even three years and i know you know i'll come to what i'm thinking is happening now but three years ago we had our big shows and we we had our great shows but there were only a select few right and you can't blame the audience from not coming over and over again because ultimately it was maybe the same bands um it's the same venues um you know it's the same drink specials you know There's (laughs) there's <laughs> only So far you can yeah. take that right. It's it's that you know, you there's only so many rotations of bands that can hold an evening And I think that's important is the lineup that you have is not it's, it's not a popularity contest It's bands that are legitimately there for stage time yeah. bands that can pull off and bring people there now what we're seeing is is, is that is that and Arguably the, the 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 shows that are having the biggest traction are the ones where there's international acts appended to it so we um, we look at um, uh, the the in, in Pretoria who had Our Last Night and others, which again uh, jam packed productions doing, and that's packed. That's like a thousand people, right? I mean, it's a huge thing for metal. But again, take away the international acts, and I don't I don't know what it would be, and I, I might be slammed for this afterwards, which is I'm fine with. But really, if you take a step back, I think there needs to be some sort of revival, and the revival needs to be in someone's basement, yes. in on a uh, like farm somewhere, on something, and and you know if there isn't a scene you need to, you need to, we need to maybe grow it a bit more again you know it needs to be something where there needs to be a platform for more bands to play for more people to witness and it's not the same old thing yeah, um, yeah. maybe that's the rut. that that we're not we I mean, are booming now but maybe that's where the growth we're on that tipping point of growth in the music industry as far as that underground it just needs a bigger platform
2: yeah something i mean like just on that point of venue there's something that i found Basically, when I moved from South Africa, I didn't care where I went to watch a band. The dingier, the better. Mm. The bigger, the smaller. It didn't matter. I just, I just wanted it to be a good experience. Whether that be for drinks, whether that be for music, whether that be for socializing, it didn't matter. I just wanted to be there. Mm. And Tanz Cafe is a place that comes to mind. For yeah. yeah, yeah. Like I used to love Tanz Cafe in Riverside. Tanz Cafe by Hooters in Fourways. Both amazing venues. Mm-hmm. I didn't really care what was happening there, but on the nights it was good. It was memorable. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. It didn't, really matter, it didn't really matter what the band looked like. Mm-hmm. If it sounded great, it was amazing. Mm-hmm. And yeah. thing that I found so interesting and that I tried to wrap my head around for so long in London, and it only sort of really clicked in like the last two years, I'd say, um, there's this sort of hierarchy of venues. Yes. And... You and you graduate from each one, both as a spectator and as a band. Mm, mm. You arrive fresh off the boat, still got calluses Mm. on your fingers from playing the guitar. You've got a single one Spotify, and you go and play at the Underworld, yes, in Camden Town. All right, and you maybe two hundred people. Six months later, you come back from wherever you're from, and you play at Electric Ballroom, and you play to maybe five hundred people. And it's cool. Then you graduate again and you play Coco, which is also in Camden Town, And you play to maybe a thousand people. Yeah. (laughs) And you still see the same faces that you saw at the other shows before. Yeah. And this band, you can just see the look in their face. They're like, I can't believe this is happening. We're graduating. And the next time you see them, you see them at what would it be like O2 Brixton?
1: That's it. Yeah. The
2: O2 Academy in Brixton or like electric Brixton, I think would be the next one. That's it. And you play in this old theater that is held in such revere Mm. and such high regard by anyone that's been there to see a show Mm. and you can see it on the band's face. They are absolutely enamored by this whole whole experience and they're so humbled. And for example, 1st of December, 2019, Alistair um, and I and a friend of ours showed up in Brixton on a Sunday night. Mm. Sunday is the day here. Yeah. Oh, Sunday man. Yeah, Sunday is the day to have a show. Yeah. And on, on a Sunday night at 6 p.m., freezing bloody cold, sleeting, wind blowing, all wrapped up, and we're in a queue for about, I don't know, 300, 400 meters, and we're going to see a band called Northland. And they are being supported by a band called Polaris and a band called Voidavision. Voidavision, yeah. And we're queuing and we're so excited to see Lane and we go in there. Boy Division comes on the stage. You can see they are shitting in their yeah. And these guys absolutely smashed Destroyed. The whole crowd was just behind them because they're like, we're with you, man. Yeah. You've now arrived at Electric Brixton. That's it. And then Polaris came on stage. Mm. And they have put in so much effort and so much energy. And Mm. these guys really deserve it. And the whole crowd is behind them again. But then it takes another level mm-hmm. when North Lane comes on the stage. And you just cannot believe the support just from the vibe and from the energy that a, like a band can receive mm. here. Yeah. And that's something that I never felt in South Africa. Mm. And that's not to knock South Africa, please. I don't want to come across. Absolutely. I don't think either of us want to come no. across as like negative Nancy's. No. South Africa, like I appreciate it. It's a different, it's a different culture, a different system. But like, you know, like this London system. Is so much appreciation for the artist. Yes. Yeah, yeah. You sort of grow with the artist. I mm-hmm. feel like I yeah. feel like I've grown with Mosley. Mm-hmm. Like on all their releases, and mm-hmm. I've seen every show of theirs. here mm-hmm. for example, like I feel like I'm on the journey with them, and that's mm-hmm. something that like I really discounted in South Africa
1: because because mm-hmm.
2: I was just like, oh yeah, it's them. Yeah. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Like. You know, and, and that's something that I really have, like learned to appreciate now is like, Hey man, look at these guys growing. Like I'm mm. growing up with them. Sure. I'm 33. Hi. Uh, <laughs> you know, I'm like, I feel like I'm growing with these guys because they like, I can see the energy that they're putting into and like, mm. I can see their progress and I can stand in the crowd and I can be in the mosh pit and yeah. I can stand at the top on the balcony and I can look down and I'm just like, I have pride for the fact that I'm there. Mm. And like, that's something I've never had in South Africa. Yeah. And that's mm-hmm. not to
1: take in Africa. It's just something that never really yeah. germinated in me. And mm. I, I, think back in the day, it would have. It, I think they had a system like that, right? It was like you, you go Roxy's, Cool Runnings Fourways, Cool Runnings Fourways, Tempos, larger festivals, etc. There was that. There was that, hoppy, that hoppy. elevation, right? Hoppy Hoppy was your yeah, yep. yeah. And, uh, yeah. And, and you and you as you grew up, you you figure out how the stage works. How do you, how do you, um, engage a larger crowd? How to, how to actually uh, work on a bigger stage with bigger production. That's yep. also a very daunting thing, right? It's like, you, you can't just put a small band on a big stage. You know, there, there's time that needs the to be The first time you get hit with a strobe light yeah, in the and face, you go, ah, my God. <laughs> maybe to, to say that is, you know, what, what's actually happening? I think I think maybe all venues are, they're all competing on a level where they need to pack out the place. Yep. They need to have really good production. And I, and, and I take my hat off to that. But, it's sort of like what's more, what's what's larger than that, other than a festival? You know, it might, might need to be bigger venues. It might need to be that that graduation that that used to happen many years ago of yeah. like progression of bands. So that you know, may, maybe there's a, there's a bunch of followers and and, and different kind of audiences though, where they go and they want to discover new bands. They can go to the likes of the Roxy's, which is maybe the underworld here in in, in the UK, where they can yeah. go. I want to watch undiscovered bands, and I'm going to go and I'm going to enjoy it. Versus there's, the ba-
2: well, there's well, there's three headlined by the by the title band. That's it. And you're going to discover three new bands.
1: That's it. Yeah. Or you get the guys who go. Well, I'm not going to go to every show all the time. I'm going to go to the bigger shows, and then know that no matter what, they're going to go to that venue or venues, and they're going to have the best experience, and they're going to go and they're going to see top of the mill professional bands that have gone through the the ringer. They've yeah. gone through these things. So when they get to that point, they're there. And I, I think this is, this is, uh, you know, uh, w- when you're saying around sort of the basement area, it's just people are starting, starting maybe to pick up on that. Maybe to go, yeah, I'm going to start creating my own thing here, you know, mm-hmm. where I'm going to create my own environment. I'm going to create my own thing. Cause maybe it's just not happening as much as what a new suit's like. Here. Cause there's, yeah. there's a certain loyalty that's created in that. Basement yeah, thing, right? absolutely. Yeah.
2: Like you are going to be quite upset if you miss one of those <clears throat> shows, especially if someone's playing that you love, because you know, it's a nice environment. And like, That's something here that like I found so comforting. I mean, when I first moved here, I didn't have any friends. I didn't know what I was doing. I was floundering like a fish. I I, I was like, I've made the biggest mistake of my life, but I went to my first show. And my first show, I went by myself and I went to a metal show. It was Parkway Drive and I was like, dude, I feel like I'm at my friend's house. Mm -hmm. Like sure, I'd like to be speaking to someone, but it's okay to hang here in the corner and watch back mm. because like it was totally comfortable. And like, there's mm. a certain, like there's a certain comfort that like comes with being able to do that. And I think that that basement idea, I'm sorry to keep hopping on about that. Mm. I just think that's
1: awesome. It's a great idea. But yeah. Drew, what, what do you think as far as the metal scene and what, what you've been seeing in South Africa? I mean, I'm, you know, being, we <laughs> re- speaking from a three year sort of range of, of not being there, but I mean, you know, Maybe this is the question. What's inhibiting you from going to more metal shows? What is the thing, maybe not to put you on the spot, but you know, what is your perspective on the scene?
0: Well, Probably I suppose, not- I suppose for me, it's, it's, um, I, I suppose there are a couple, a couple of things. I suppose, uh, first of all, is you know, the bands, are you not knowing about the bands that are out there? Um, yeah. how I found Deadline was I saw something come across, um uh, Facebook about the south african metal awards Mm. and i thought oh that's interesting i've never seen that before let me go check who's been nominated and then i found the bands and then i went and found them on youtube or wherever and listened to some of their music and thought okay mm, no not really my thing uh uh, no okay don't like that oh deadline i love this right um and then why you know why did i never get to go see them well you know Life is a bit busy, and it just happens that it'll be on a on a night that I can't I can't be there. So that's one thing. The other thing is, um, you know, having the friends to go to those gigs with. I mean, no. I'm, yeah, I, would, I don't mind going to a thing on my own, but generally, you want to go with your mates. You know, so mm, I don't sure. really have the mates that are into that kind of music. So yeah. I mean, I mean, Nick mentioned Andrew Webster, who's a, a slow buddy of mine. But I mean, he's he's married now. He's got a kid. He's not really into going out anymore like that.
2: Yeah, yeah, right. Involved. I remember him right in the front there, just getting absolutely body slammed in (laughs) the (laughs) marshmallow.
0: Cool, bro. He's a new man. He's a new man. Different man. Different man. (laughs) Um, And and I'm, you know, I I respect it. I appreciate it. I mean, I've had my kids. I've also had the, you know, the same thing. My kids are teenagers now. Makes it a lot easier. Yeah. But um. So, I mean, that's also another aspect that you don't really have the mates that are into that kind of music to go to those, those shows with. And, yeah, um, yeah. and also the thing is that, like, you almost need to, um, make a decision. Like, say, for instance, let's say Deadlines playing at Rumor City. You gotta, like, make a conscious decision that I'm gonna go to Rumor City to watch them. Okay? Yeah. Right, right. Um, whereas, like, yeah. the other kind of music that, the, you know, like the blues rock kind of, thing mm. um mm. well i'm gonna go to my favorite beer garden joined place and those guys are going to be hap- happen to play there anyway you know yeah. what i mean so it's like almost like there's this you know this um, um culmination of two things i'm going to a place because i'm enjoying craft beer so I, I go there and i drink a craft beer and well they happen to have these kind of guys playing um there on a saturday afternoon or on a friday night or whatever so i think a, 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 and it's just like convenient if you know what not saying because like now my mates are coming with me because they don't mind listening to that music and because yeah. i mean you know i mean you know metal is an acquired taste eh? yeah uh, very for, much so. for many people okay. and um
2: hear it every day yeah every, every day <laughs> every day i hear about <laughs> it yeah. Yeah.
0: So, so, and I mean, like, for me, it's just, man, I, uh, I just love listening to that kind of music. I mean, it's, 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 it's almost like my stress reliever is to listen to that kind of music. You know, if I'm, you know, if I'm really feeling shit, then I'll put on some Metallica, I'll put on some Iron Maiden, I might put on some Trivium. Uh, I'm loving the architects at the moment, so architects well, I love it. Well, love yes. it. Um, I mean, there's that one, that one song, I think I sent you the video the other day. I don't know. I can't remember. I'm say, Getting old. Is uh, that? Um, Grey Grey yeah, but like it's Grey the live Grey. one. Oh fuck! Yeah, I just yeah, love yeah. the way it just just comes yeah. in. You know? So. Um, f- it, right? Well, I,
1: I've got a story to tell an architect. Uh, yeah, I'm going to come back to it. Please carry on. Piece yeah, okay. Carry on. No, <laughs>
0: so so i um, You know, and I suppose in a way, this whole COVID thing does. Um, make you sit back and think about these kind of things so obviously a lot of these yeah. venues are, are are under under stress and strain. Uh you know, the musicians are in the same position. And like you start thinking about okay, so what's okay, what's gonna happen when lockdown um lifts? I mean, are are there gonna be fewer venues? Um, you know, hopefully they're not gonna be fewer musicians, but um does that mean that certain venues are going to have to change, pivot? Are there new venues that are going to open up? You know, is this creating new opportunities for other people um, that might have a different view on how to draw bands to the place, how to get people to come and watch them? You never know. I mean, they, you know, there are lots of negative things, but there are lots of positive things that can come out of that. And one of the things is like in my head, I'm like saying, well, actually after chatting to Carlos from Deadline, I'm like, actually, you know what? I've, I've been a bit slack when it comes to supporting these guys. Yeah. Um, I'm going to make an effort to go and, and actively look out, seek out, um, some of their gigs and hopefully get introduced to other bands that they're going to be playing with on the same night that yeah. I might not have been exposed to. So, like, for me, it's a personal commitment that when the lockdown lifts, I'm definitely going to make a, a, a bigger effort. To yeah. go and seek out bands that I want to go and watch, rather than just happen to see a band at my favorite drinking joint, as an and as an example. And I think,
1: uh, Drew, I, I really take that point because I think I think I, I would, I take my hat off to anyone who owns any venue. I think I think it is immensely difficult because I think, like you're saying, it's it's so layered in the way that you experience something, right? And I, and I think you know if it's from the food to the drink to the where I can sit or stand. Is there an outside area? You know, we, we are very uh, creatures of right? comfort. You yeah, know what I mean? Where you sort of like, I want to have a place that I can go and I can go chill and I can have a good vibe. And and I think may, maybe on that, and what one thing we've been seeing, you know, if we can digress into UK, South Africa, learnings and some of the things you're seeing is some of the greatest venues, sure, they might be known for metal, but in so many other ways, they are 100% known as a music Venue, so you will get the worst beer in the world. They right? are completely the worst, uncomfortable, yeah. Uncomfortable, but you know that the, the music standard is when I mean world class, I mean, think about your favorite band that you've ever wanted to watch, it's that band. So yeah. you don't care what you're drinking yeah. or what seat you're taking, right? But then there's a third one lack <laughs> of seat,
2: yeah. or lack
1: of seat, and in someone's armpit who's really tall. Um, but, but then there's a sort of a third bucket that we start to see and starting to merge here where. They're not renowned for any particular kind of music. They're there for the environment. They're there for um, you just sort of being there, and you can get a good drink and a good seat, and you can just do your thing, right? You know they're not going to put on a shit show. And it's not like, oh, I'm not going to go there because I know that's a metal venue, Mm. or it's a pop venue, or it's a dance venue. It could be any venue, right? So the environment might be cool. The one thing, maybe not food, but the one that comes to mind is electric... um, uh, Ballroom in Camden. Yes. <laughs> where they have, on some occasions, they have what they call, um, what is Garrick's party? Guilty the pleasures. Guilty pleasures. They have guilty pleasures on some nights where uh, girls and guys on roller skates, they have big disco balls and they play Spice Girls, Vega Boys, the lot. <laughs> but three hours... <laughs> Oh, but they, they have like, a death metal back. Then they, they have a death metal where yeah. where Nick nearly broke his coccyx on the floor because yeah. he was um I was in the so am pit and I'm 33. You see what I mean? It's like I felt. It's, it's <laughs> the whole thing around it's it's around differentiating yourself in a way in which you can really engage with different kinds of consumers and different kinds of events. And I think that's a different thing. It's like you, you know, like you, you'll think of a venue in South Africa and you think. That was metal days and those are bands. Why does it have to be that way? You know, get more diverse perhaps, you know. Maybe have a little bit more DJs in the weekend or something. Diversify. Get different crowds. Because you'll often find that the consumer need then changes what you're stocking in the bar, what kind of food you have, what kind of arrangements you have. And it creates a different experience completely where metal doesn't have to be dodgy, stinky toilets not <laughs> terrible people. You're probably not in this place in the U.K., some of the nicest venues I've been to have been metal venues. Where it's where um, the where the bathrooms smell like lemons and <laughs> people and people are respectful. It doesn't need to be that perception. You're right. Yes, if, absolutely. If you to this this venue and it's known for metal. Some people might go, no, I'm not going to go there, man, because it's metal. So yeah. growing their revenue outside of other aspects, making themselves a more rounded venue, so that they can not you. That's it. Yeah, yeah. Mm. And growing the way that you can be a Branch on a Sunday, no bands. Yeah, exactly. Um, can I?
2: Can I? Yeah. just Can I just loop back to something that um, you said, Drew? Um, and then you just alluded to again, Alistair, Architects, architects. Yes. <laughs> that yes. band has taken me on a journey, Andrew. Yes. So everyone, everyone in the crowd. Um, that band has taken me on a journey that, like, I never thought I would go on in my life. And that was before I saw them live. With their guitarist Tom Searle, R.I.P., mm, mm. Uh, dying of of cancer, and um, still being able to play shows and being the like and being the lead writer, and then finally reaching this crowning moment in my life in on January eighteenth, twenty
1: nineteen, mm. I saw
2: them at at Wembley Arena mm. with you and a few other mates and. Man, never in my life have I been taken aback so much yeah. by something that I had anticipated for so long. And uh, there's been a lot of things in my life that I've anticipated and that I've dreamed towards. and I've, I could achieve these goals, getting a degree or graduating or getting a job or, you know, getting married, getting a girlfriend, having a child. You know, there's all these things you can build up to. Never have I felt that sense of um, uh come up. It. Mm. Like I've now achieved something in my life than I did with that. And I'm not sure if that's because of the band or because of the love I have for them or because of both. But I don't know if that's something I would have been able to do in South Africa. Mm. And, uh, the fact that I did it here mm. doesn't take away from me if I could have done it in South Africa, but, 100%. uh, you know, that, Just the fact that I could do it and that it was affordable Mm. and that it was accessible for me to do here made it even more pleasurable Mm. because it took no effort from me. I got on a train Mm. and I arrived, I got drunk, I had a great time, Mm. and then I got back on the train and I left Mm. and I got straight home. Mm. And I I was just brimming with like happiness. Mm. And you know, I can do that three times a week here. Mm. 100, uh, you know, with my like selection, I like, and it's so affordable. I don't know how much a gig costs there now. Andrew, like if you, like, if you wanted to go, like, you know, like you said, it costs 500 Rand to go down to the basement. Yeah. If you yeah. go watch Deadline at rumors, how much would it cost you?
0: I don't know. hundred bucks, 200 bucks.
2: That's not bad. It's not bad. It's not bad but at I mean, all. Yeah. For example, all. you know, I'm, I'm like, I know the earning potentials are different Mm -hmm. and like the earning versus cost of living and stuff. But like here it can cost you six to eight pounds Mm. to go and see a band that you've heard on Spotify, but they're not really big Mm -hmm. and it'll cost you 15 pounds to go and see a band that you love and that have got a million listeners. Mm -hmm. Like, and you know, like that's something it's so accessible here. Mm. And, and like, I just think that that's something that's taken for granted in South Mm -hmm. Africa. You you all have cars but you all want to go and drink, yeah. So, like, you can't go and see the show and have a good time. I, th- I feel like that's the perception. I well, look, I a-
1: think,
0: I think, I think we're very lucky now with with the likes of Uber. I mean, yeah. if I'm going to a place, like if I go to that buddy of mine's place in Observatory, I've I've never driven there because I what know I'm it? going there to enjoy myself. I catch an Uber, cost me three hundred bucks for the night, hundred and fifty there, hundred and fifty back and the and the nice thing is that you don't have to worry about it you don't have to worry about yeah. parking your car you don't have to worry about driving back
2: zero worry yeah
0: you can just go there and enjoy yourself and if you happen to have too much to drink it's fine as long as you can remember how to use your cell phone
1: yeah <laughs> that's it i think I think I, it. I think I think it's the thing of like we are you know, if you know, I, I'd ask you when I you went to metal shows and things, and you know, and it's it's a va- it's very valid, Drew. I mean, you know, you've you've got kids, you've got family. There's life that happens, right? I yes. think I think the difference here is it happens so often that you can just be so selective in what you want, right? So if mm. you if if you can quickly get a babysitter or whatever, you can go on a Tuesday nights and go watch that band that you've always wanted to watch. Yeah, but don't worry. Because they'll be back next year if you don't if you don't watch them now. Because they'll do a touring cycle. And if you're very lucky,
0: they'll be back in six months time. That's it. Yeah, yeah. So, um, how do you like, for instance, like there? How do you find out about bands that are playing at particular venues? I mean, is it a case that you you? I mean, you've uh, rattled off a couple of venues. Yeah. Um, and I mean, is it like you always go to those venues and you'll know that you'll see these bands or? Are you finding out some other way that oh there's this band and they're playing at that venue? Yeah. on that
1: night. There's
2: multiple ways. Yeah. Um I'm okay, like let me just cover this. Like I'm off all social media. Yeah. It just doesn't fit my vibe as a person. So I kind of rely on Alistair yeah. to like flip <laughs> me the odd screenshot of That's Instagram it. and Facebook and
1: all that sort of stuff. Um, so too. let's let let's start with like um uh, some of the the apps that we have that we have here, we've got we've got one that's sort of uh, synonymous. It's, it's the bands in town, all right. and it's, it scrubs your Spotify or Apple Music and your YouTube um, views, and it scrubs all the bands that are there, and it populates it, and um, it will literally tell you when those bands are playing, and it gives you a radius of where you live. So you say, I don't want to go, you know. Now that we're in London, we're in, I don't want to go to Newcastle, which is want very to go far to go away. away. Yeah, yeah. Um, so you say, I want it within a certain mileage, and then it tells you what days they're playing on. Um, and so you go. What's really great about the app is that you can then buy tickets straight from there. You can see what the lineups are, et cetera. So So that sort of started here in London. Maybe that was the beginning part. Can I pause you there and just say, it- what's also
2: really crap about the app is that it's really crap.
1: Yeah, it's yeah. <laughs> really yeah. Um, uh, it's yeah. Every now and again, it gets some glitches and things, but I mean, I, I guess the main thing is that you can keep tabs of it. it, adds it to your calendar, so you can remind yourself if you're a maybe it gives you a reminder to say, "Oh, you're going to this event, etc." Yeah. So yeah, I think maybe that's the, that's the consolidation piece, right? So everything in one place. Yeah. I think the secondary thing is is like is. Is Being a fan of the band when I mean being a fan of the band is following them on Instagram Facebook uh, maybe you want to go on their the sort of um, the, the, your, the mailing list etc. Yeah, and you will often see I'll send screen grabs of we're doing our European tour And you can scrub through and you can see okay They're going they're playing in London or they're playing wherever and that's how you start to find out, right? So sure. broadly speaking um, and we peter down and then it goes into sort of more word-of-mouth and then sometimes posters at the venue. So word of mouth would be this community that we spoke about earlier where we got a couple of South African mates on a group. I
2: think it's 15 of us now. 15
1: of us. And they may be following a band that I don't necessarily listen to and they go, do you want to come to the show? And they'll put it on the WhatsApp group and you'll go, yeah, that sounds cool. They might, I don't really know them. I listen to one or two songs I'll come with. Um, But then sometimes, sometimes, and when I mean, I'm I'm saying 5% of the time, you'll see a poster Outside the venue that'll say these dates, and you go, shit, I really need to go there. Now yeah, sure. but is it is it a particular venue? No. Um, I wouldn't say it's a particular venue. I don't have a preference. In my opinion, because of the um, the way that we that I think both of us landed in South Africa from South Africa to here, I was exceptionally hungry to see bands. So I don't care if it's in a dingy darkie no. or <laughs> if it's the, the glitz and glam. I don't care that spectrum as long as I'm seeing that band. So Wherever they go, we follow. Um, as far as like like Nick was saying, yeah. budgeting it's it's really cost effective, um, and I think it speaks to the audience that we see. So we see a lot of younger, um, more students coming through. Um, then, yeah, but then you also see the sixty-year-old guys standing here at the back, all
0: nice.
1: one in our collars and stuff from work. You know what I mean? Yeah. It all the variety because you're not breaking bank to see your favorite band. And I, you know, I can only think back to times in South Africa where. Um the one large big band that I remember was, was Foo Fighters at the FMB Stadium. Yes. And I bought absolute arm and leg for that Golden Circle ticket. I, I can't even remember. One thousand two hundred, oh, yeah, whatever, yeah, whatever yeah. it was. I watched them London Stadium and it was the same price but in pounds to Rand. But yeah. the competition, it, it, it ended up being cheaper because you took a train and did your thing. Yeah, yeah. But where I can see my favorite band in Camden, and it's 10 pounds, it's 200 rand, and there's four other bands that I really love. International bands. bands, yeah, international bands. So you've got to also pick and choose what you want to watch. Yeah. So the bands in to town, if I may take a step back from that, is that when I said spoiled for choice, you'll often see three nights, maybe they're, they're maybe Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, or they might all be on Tuesday, where you've literally got to select which venue you want to go to due to the lineup, because there's so many options. So there's often been nights where we've gone, we can't go to that show, we'll go to that show, because you've got to pick. So, um, you know, again, Drew, if you had to pick Iron Maiden or Metallica, and they're the same night, which one did you pick? I mean, uh, it's a hot...
0: Metallica, Metallica. <laughs> but and, it is a, like you would think about it twice. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. I wish
0: I, I wish I had that problem in my life. Yeah, I but wish what's great,
2: because you also know they're doing two nights. Yeah, <laughs> so... Find the one night you're gonna see the one the next night, but that's yeah, but that's gonna cost you a good yeah. 200 pounds. But yeah. like I think what's I think what's nice is you know you like get the venue thing, you get the accessibility thing because you get on a tube or a train mm-hmm. and you like get this massive selection. I know that last year in the season, as they call it here, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. coming into spring and then into summer, like with all the festivals, mm-hmm. all the bands are doing their rounds here, and from April till about August, September. Mm-hmm. We, we were booked in for three shows mm. every month, mm. like last year. And we peppered them with some more that we booked, like, yeah, on the thing. But, like, I can't sit back and say, you know what? One of them was crap. Well, apart from the one that we went to, I'm not going to mention any names because, listen, this is a podcast, and I don't understand the band. The band was awesome, but the show was shit. So good <laughs> for you guys. Don't ever charge six pounds for a gig because it was crap. Yeah. You know who you are. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, yeah. Don't say it. Yeah. yeah. Um, and listen, like loved it on Spotify. I saw it live and was incredibly disappointed. And that was like a big learning curve for me mm. because I was like, we've got to go to all the shows. Yeah. And like now I'm just like, well, that's like, let's rein it in a little bit. Mm. And we did. And then Devil Wears Prada came up in uh, in December. Mm. So we saw Northland at Electric Brixton. And then we saw the Devil Wears Prada straight from the path in Loth. Mm at uh, O2 Academy Islington mm-hmm. and I've been a massive Devil Wears Prada fan but I wasn't expecting that much from the show and it was one of the most amazing experiences mm-hmm. I've ever had in my life because we were right up front and then they put it onto Spotify mm-hmm. and you can hear you our can voices hear us screaming in you the can album. hear our voices <laughs> on the, of the, yeah. of the live show and mm-hmm. I was just like Dude! Yeah. like that means so much to me mm-hmm. they they don't know that but like I know that mm-hmm. and like
0: <laughs> well Sp-
2: you know what I mean, and like i just I like I, ne- I like I don't know if I wasn't in the position to, or if I never put myself in the position to, but I never had that back home. And like I'm so grateful and humbled by the fact that like I've got the opportunity to do this. And what I just want to say is, before I sound like an arrogant prick and like trying to rub everyone's face in it, I'm really not trying to do that. Mm-hmm. Yo, if you can afford an air ticket yes. to England, yes, just look harder, mm-hmm. and you can if. If you had to come to London or England for two weeks, whether you're in Manchester, London, Southampton, Birmingham, wherever, you can go to five shows. Yes, 100%. And not break the bank. Mm-hmm. For right. less for less than the cost of a meal at the local coffee shop, you can go and see Trivium mm-hmm. with Fit for an Autopsy and Black Dahlia murder. Now, that might not mean a lot to you guys. Mm-hmm. Trivium might <laughs> Fit for an autopsy and black dolly and murder <laughs> for me. Like I like I like it. I like it dirty and heavy and fast and fucking low. Like, <laughs> yeah as, as hot as it will go. And like that will cost you twelve pounds. So guys, it's accessible and that you can do it. And it's so easy actually mm. because everyone's there for the same reason. And that's I think what we should speak about next is like how amazing the crowds are. Yeah.
0: Well, uh, yeah, I was going to talk. I was, I was going to ask you. I mean, early on, you were talking about the progression of the bands going from one venue to the next, and then you also yeah, mentioned yeah. that the same thing happens with the fans or the crowd. Yeah. Um, yes. to speak about that, about you wow. saying the progression of the fans from one venue to the next. Oh,
1: so it's unbelievable. So yes. I think, I think that. Honestly, honestly, I think if you if you strip everything back, every, every little thing that we've been speaking about, venues, bands, production, I don't care how many fire blowing props you have on stage yeah. and no matter how many basements you've got at the bottom, honestly, it's it's all about the audience, man. And and I think I think there is that, there's something here and, and, and I, I, I've been trying to trying to put my finger on it, but I, I think I think it stems back years and years to like punk scenes in the seventies and like the Beatles and the mania around that. And like, just the, when, when I mean lo- the love for music, I mean, unequivocally that they, they will drop anything for that band. They will be there yeah. on that night. They'll right? no, so, Camp outside just to be in the front. They will be there in. And yeah. when I say it gets cold here, as the South Africans, it gets cold here, guys. It gets <laughs> really cold. Right? It's like, yeah, it still sucks. Bro. It's cold and it still sucks. But there we are. In the cold in the rain waiting in the <coughs> queue so that you can get a good seat to watch the band and and that time in the queue Far exceeds the amount of time we see the band. So there's yeah. a sense of passion that comes towards the crowds, right? So um, and uh, I, I think it happens in so many ways I think the first thing is is that they, they will they will buy the tickets and they will sell out your show because they realize and They know they're very conscious that if they don't come to show the musician doesn't eat the musician can't then go on tour. The musician can't get the, the tickets for them to get more production and labels back, and things and come back repeated. and come back and write really amazing albums, right? So if they if they don't support that band's gone. So yeah. if you love the band, you're gonna go there because you know you're supporting them, right? And that means you're there for the experience. So I think conversely to what we were chatting about around the the drink and the food and that experience, their experience is the band. They couldn't give yeah. a shit if it's like one bathroom in the back which doesn't happen it's a bad excuse but the, the the experience of i'm there for the band and i will watch them and i'll go now that way the crowd that reacts to the music that's what makes it for me yeah. that's ultimately so if we think about these smaller shows in underworld for example which is about 200 people those people go off and when i mean off i mean yes. sweat off the ceiling there's people that are like Jumping into like each other and 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 sort of like the security just are manic. And guys, this is a Tuesday afternoon. You know what I mean? It's like a Tuesday. It's not even the main event that yeah, they're having at the venue.
2: It's five PM. Gig starts here in the week at five PM.
1: Yeah, at five PM. So you come
2: straight from work straight in from your work. suit into the pit. <laughs> and, well, you go down the stairs and you're in there. You're drinking a beer and the band starts. First band's on at five. Last yeah. band's on at ten and you know and it is every single band they pay you in kind the mm. crowd pays you in kind
1: they're like thank you they're, there. they're
2: here for you bro and we need you to come back because if you don't come back i've got no excuse to leave my parents house yes and go and do something cool exactly. and like that's from the youth up
1: until like someone like me for example is just, it's like dude i need to see a live show yeah and it's a it's a sense of like if you you, you just get involved in it right so so people listen to it so much because we commuting a lot so yes everyone's got cars and essay, i get that but like here, more than ever, everyone's got their headphones in all day long, whether you're working, every day, whether you're commuting. Yeah. So you're constantly listening to that band, and when you get the opportunity to watch them and, in some cases, meet them, you will be there, right? But then there's the, so this is why I'm speaking sort of the 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 smaller venues, but like the larger ones. If I come to the architects thing, is that because of the way that people have been following the band and and um, you know it's, uh, you know Tom with with cancer story, and him passing away, yeah. the crowd were Feeling emotional for them, and you can feel it. You can look around the venue, and whatever crying, venue, crying. what it's is the sh- Wembley sh- Arena? 15 to 20,000. 20, you can feel, and you can look around the venue, and you can see people crying. You Sorry, can see just, people uh, hugging each other because you had passed away. Just to yeah. a little point is the SSC, SSC, yeah, not Wembley Stadium. And, yeah. and, and, and I think that's the difference, it's like they follow and they know what's going into the music, they, they know follow the, the story, yeah, they
2: follow the narrative.
1: So when you get there, it's a story that's being, uh, that's being told. Um, and if I, if I may just share a, a story of architects in Germany, where I saw them in Germany in rock and ring, um, it, it was it was probably one of the best moments I've ever had in my life speaking about an audience because again, in Germany, they have, they have a very similar scene. It's very much that they're extremely passionate about their music, they'll be there. And architects were playing, again, open show, so it's, it's on the Nürburgring, ring, so you're on the, 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 the gravel of it all and you're there. Um, and they were playing, and it was raining. It was pissing down with rain, and, and he sort of stopped to come out. And this was the tour where this was the first one where they were doing without Tom. Right. And he came out, and it was raining, raining, raining. And then as he started to give – I knew because I'd watched them at Wembley. This is the time where he was going to come out and say stuff about Tom. And I remember – the. and I, it sounds almost too good to be true, but I'm yeah, going to say it exactly how I am. Mean, yeah, 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 say it, dude. But, In the the moment where the the music had dropped and he was out in the front, the the, the rain had stopped. And he came out and said, guys, you know, I I don't know if you know about this guy, Tom, he was in the band. And I swear to God, I would say about 30,000, 40,000 fans, all of them got onto their knees. All of them in the rain, all of them got down onto their knees. You could probably find on YouTube somewhere. yeah, uh, For Doomsday. All of them got down on their knees and they started to do like a bowing motion, like this.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah. All he had said was, "I don't know if you guys know, but Tom."
0: Yeah.
1: And that's to say, and thirty thousand people knows. got down, yeah. and all of them were doing this thing, and they were chanting, and they were like, "Yes!" The band were in tears. The flat, the fans were in tears, and I remember him saying, "And this next song's called Doomsday," and sort of as it kicked in, everything erupted. Right. And here's the difference, is that people aren't scared of expressing their emotion. It's not that they lost Tom; It's that they lost somebody in their life that they could express it at that show. Mm. That they, that they yeah. maybe not physically, maybe the person has a password or a relationship or a, a something that's happening there. And they could express it in a free environment that was free of judging, free of anything, but they could just be who they needed to be. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's the difference here, is that they could just, you could do what you need to do and feel the way that you need to feel.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Just give me a second. What's happening here? Yeah. How dark it is. Yeah. What if it's black? Yeah, no, it's not black. It's fine. Your hair's wet. Hi. Uh, <laughs> hi. Hey. This is my youngest daughter, Emma. Hi. Hi, hi Emma. Emma. I've um. Uh, she can't hear you.
2: Emma, I think I know you actually because I probably met you when I was teaching your dad guitar. I don't cool. know. <laughs>
0: Yeah, it's weird, isn't it? <laughs> Sweet, sorry, man. Well that's um, Yeah, dude, this Yeah,
2: yeah, yes. intermission. Uh, dude, I really need to go for another comfort
1: break. I have
0: a little kidney, like a little time. Right. It's good. Yeah. Well, um, Peter, look, guys, I don't know I don't know how much time you
2: got. I mean we don't we don't have to, uh, yeah, don't have to break your world day.
0: record here.
2: Uh how long is your podcast normally?
0: Normally normally about an hour. Whatever. Where are we set up? Oh, no, we, it's just uh, about an hour and ten. So, but I'm not, I'm yeah. not cutting it off. I'm not cutting it off. I'm just, no, it's
1: fine. You're I'm putting we'll, it
2: come
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, why don't you I'll... go for a comfort break and we'll chat for another 15 minutes and then we'll.
1: Yeah, that's fine. Cause I mean,
0: there's nothing stopping us ha- continuing the conversation at a later stage. So
1: I'm done. I'm done. It was, it was good. Yeah.
0: So, I mean, that's quite a, uh, that's quite an amazing story. I mean, uh, yeah. Um, yeah I don't know uh, you know I don't often feel that going to um, going to a venue or going to watch a, a concert in South Africa uh, uh, it's pretty nicked gone now but um, one of the comments that uh, a lot of um, musicians have made here in South Africa and obviously it's not the metal genre of music because yeah. I don't I think this would be too much of a problem yeah. In that situation, but when the guys are playing, let's talk about blues rock and whatever. So it's pretty heavy. I mean, Dan Pentlansky, I mean, he can, he can turn the volume up there. Yeah. You know, and, um, he says one of the things that, and, and this is where the crowd comes into it, both in a positive way and a negative way is that, um, they often comment about how people are not engaged while yeah. the guy is playing. Yeah. And, uh, Dan's mentioned it the other guys, Vonabuim, Cito, they've mentioned it as well, is that when they're playing yeah. a venue and let's say they're not playing a, a, a heavy song, but people are sitting there having a conversation and they're not engaged with the artist. And in a smaller venue, it's a lot more noticeable than in a larger venue. Because like um you know like if they're you know a couple of thousand people it's and you're on right. this big stage and there's this big gap between the audience and the artist you know, there's that separation and they get up there and the lights are on. and But when they're playing a little bit more of an intimate thing, <clears throat> that, uh, yeah, there's this constant conversation happening. And the artists, yeah. sometimes they, you know, they like almost feel disrespected in a way. And yeah. um, I mean, some of them have said to me, you know, like if they go and on that night people are engaged, they can feel the energy and they put in more effort. You know, they don't yeah. just go there and play their song. You know, they yeah. go there and they put something extra in it and they you know, it's a little bit of improvisation there, you know, that kind of thing. They'll dial it up a bit or whatever. Um, yeah. So, uh, it's, yeah, it's, 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 it's a it's difficult one for me because like, and I also get irritated as a, as part of the audience. I'm there. Yeah. I'm trying to engage and listen and take in what's happening and, you got these people sitting next to me having a full-on conversation. It's like going no. to the cinema and some some idiot is on his cell phone. You know, it's that no. kind of vibe.
1: And I think I think you got you got to ask yourself the question of what why are you going in the first place? Yes, and you know I you you can only you can only think back to any of those times where you think you know am, am I going for the band? Am I going to the venue just for some mates? Whatever the fact is, is that you know I, I think. I've, as, a, as an audience member, you always got to consider why you're there and got to respect the, the craft of which the artist is coming out on, right? So, so they, you know, again, there's different kinds of music but different kinds of things, right? So if you, if you go into the blues realm, right? So blues is, is, is highly intimate, highly, um, so technical but also so brilliant in the way that the improvisation happens live, right? Yes. Where if you're going to talk, you're going to miss something. And if you're yeah. going to miss something, don't be there. Yeah. Right. So, don't, I mean, why are you going there for an improvisation genre when you're going to have a conversation with your mates? Go to a bar, go to a pub yes. and do that. Yeah. And, and and again, I'm not trying to divert from the fact that there will be some people that go there and they're absolutely silenced by the talent that's happening. No doubt that needs to happen. But I think often, you know, when you go, when you go to the shows and, and metal's, metal is fine because it's so loud, right? Let's mm-hmm. be fair. It's so like yeah. I don't give a shit if a guy's talking behind me. I'm not <laughs> thinking that like, it's going to be that. But yeah, that's cool. If, if if it's the if it's the subtlety of more of that kind of genre, right? So um, I, I watched a, a band called Nothing But Thieves, for example. They're a more sort of rock pop band. Incredible vocalist. Um, and I really, again, to that yeah. again, the, the reason why people went there is because they they were going. They knew that they were going to witness. A really, really talented band and they wanted to feel engaged and they wanted a music and experience. Therefore, do you think you heard anybody talking? No. Nope. Absolutely not. Because they were there for them, not for yes. me and myself indulged with my mates. And maybe, maybe it is because of the fact that, you know, again, I can only speak from the UK perspective. A lot of you, a lot of us go before the show and we go to the pub. And you verbal vomit, and you get everything out. Yeah. And you say, "How was your day? I'm good. I'm fine. I'm good. How's the kids? How's the family? Whatever." So when yeah, you get yeah. into the venue, yes. you're quiet, yeah. and you you can appreciate. It. And then maybe afterwards, you go to a pub, and you can talk about the, the show. Yes, I think that there's that sense of respect, and I think it does come there, and it, and, it, and it inhibits your engagement in your thing. But also, it's so deterring for the artists to be like, guys. Do you know how much I put on the line here? you know how much I sacrifice yeah. to make these songs and rehearse and to pay, possible pay these musicians if I'm a solo guy or whatever, and then you're just going to have a fat chat in the back? Come on. Ha- have a little bit more respect. You know, have a yeah. bit of, it needs to be cultivated, it needs to be grown. It's a culture that's learned. It's a behavior that makes the experience so much better. Exactly.
0: Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Dude,
2: if, if if I can chime in here and say yes. if we're if we're going to conclude shortly, um, can you maybe give the listeners and Andrew, Drew, the bearded fin <laughs> gone? I'm speaking to myself. Yes. Give you five bands to explore uh, as listeners and as yourself. Uh, maybe some insight into something you guys have never heard, and perhaps it's not in your algorithm.
0: Yeah. Are you asking that- me or are you going to tell me those five bands?
2: Oh, no, I'm going to tell you those five bands and so is Alistair. Jeez.
0: Okay, <laughs> when Alistair's back.
2: <laughs> yeah, maybe you can give us five.
0: Oh, geez, dude, I can't, I'll take my lead from uh, from you guys, man.
2: Because, <laughs> I mean, you know, there's a lot to be said for, like, these groups that I've seen that are not so much metal, actually. Yeah. Uh, you know, that I like that I've seen in London and, Uh, Like, I'm I'm proud to call myself a metalhead, but, you know, if you speak to my girlfriend, she's going to be like, yeah, but when you're at home, you're not, like, that much of a metalhead. I'm like, no, no, it's just because I respect respect your ears. Like, (laughs) every time I listen to metal, it's on my headphones because I just don't want to get the, oh, what is that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, know, I just thought maybe, like, a little tier list. I've seen that's been quite popular on YouTube lately. Um, (laughs) Make a little tier list of uh, maybe... Five or class. maybe five or seven bands that you think people should put like like put their headphones in and okay. uh, go and listen to those bands. Okay, I want to go first because I don't want okay, <laughs> <fine. No, laughs> you to steal
1: mine. Okay, fine. You go. No, you. I was having a pee, and now you suggested it's a maybe. Hold on you back. Okay. Uh, okay. <laughs> so, um, I know, I know that. I mean, probably most of the listeners and people that will be on here, maybe. More metal related, maybe? Yeah. Would you say, true?
0: I don't know. Cool. Rock. Okay. rock? Do, do That's it, rock.
1: Know. Yeah. So, um, so I, I think I think the first one would probably be. Thanks, um, Grant. Thanks. I think the first one would be um, probably Sleep Token, um, okay. uh, a band that is um, it, it has an incredible clean vocalist. Um, that they are doing extraordinary things in the industry and a beautiful narrative, beautiful narrative, and one you don't know you don't know who they are. They wear masks, um, much like Slipknot, but not oh, what right. you think. So, so Sleep Token, exceptional live band, um, great merchandising, great marketing. Sleep Token. Um, I think the second one. Wow! If you if you're looking for another metal experience, I would maybe say um, Bad Wolves. And okay. Bad Wolf are the ones that did the Cranberry Zombie cover. Oh, right. And a lot of people um, would recognize that and maybe think it's a Killswitch, Engage-esque version of the new um, sort of metal scene. It's not. Listen to the full album. It's incredible um, the way that they mix melody with metal. It's fantastic. Um, a more progressive would probably be, if you have not heard them ever before, it's probably Tesseract. Oh, wow. um, progressive band uh, from the UK. Incredible live, um, uh, just incredible people as well. Shit, um, and maybe a fourth one would be Novelists, a band from France. They've just recently let go of their vocalist Matt, um, but also a little bit of screaming, a little bit of singing. Um, a really Reading. good, credible melody, incredible melody, incredible um, musicianship as far as their craft. Um, shit, this is really bad. It's like picking your favorite children. I'm just looking <laughs> through a list. I, I don't know. And maybe, maybe the fifth one. Um, maybe the fifth one I would maybe say as an undiscovered band I would say Void of Vision wow you're going um, for the undiscovered eh? I'm going for the undiscovered so I'm, I'm so going to have to cover the top of the cream. that's the one okay, yeah. uh, and the reason for Void of Vision is because they uh, recently reasonably undiscovered um, likes on their monthly um, listeners but it's just incredible in the way that they've just come up in the ranks and they're a phenomenal live four piece band super hard hitting uh, and good message yeah, basically, as no one, they
2: came to a beautiful venue and just it. absolutely slammed and they didn't even blink. Yeah. They just <laughs> absolutely rammed it. Uh, cool. I'm just going to keep it simple dude, because like, I just feel um, if you haven't already, do it again. And if you haven't, um, and if you have already, do it again, again. Yeah. Um, so I'm just going to say architects. Yes. That that band is going to blow your mind for the next 10 years. Yeah. And they have got an album catalog that will blow your mind for the past six years that you just missed. Uh, although they've been around since 2006, mm-hmm. uh, their albums from 2009 until 2020. I mean, they will keep you going forever. Northlane. Uh, Northlane oh. is a progressive, metal, yeah. dark outfit from Australia, and yeah. they are incredible. Um I'm also going to say Plini, P L I N mm. I. Plini for me it, it is the most gentle but most like mm. most m- most beautiful songwriting on a guitar-based progressive scene I've ever heard. Um, with no vocals. With no vocals, yeah. and if they do mm. have vocals, it's mm. very atmospheric and mm. speaky. Yeah. Mm. Um, and. I want to stick to my guns, but it's like, Issues. There's a band called Issues. Oh, my God. Yeah, nice. Issues. Their, their last release, their latest release, I didn't like it. Mm. Then I met them at a, at a record store, and I saw them <laughs> live the next night, mm. and my jaw hit the floor. Mm. As someone that was like, oh, middle, bro. My jaw hit the floor when I heard these guys. I just couldn't believe it. They have r b meets metal. They have the most incredible bassist um, who speaks some foreign language <laughs> to the drummer. And then the drummer has invented another language and he speaks to the guitarist. Whilst the singer is just like, <laughs> just going on a vocal journey. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then my final, one, my final one is something that I've only recently got into and I'm still appreciating for what it is. And that is Invent Animate. Right. And it's hard. It's not easy listening. You don't put it on a dinner, mm. but it is beautiful mm. the way it's written. And just a little bonus one is the latest release of Currents came out on Friday, the 5th of June.
1: Yes.
2: Go. Yeah. Go and listen. Go and listen. It is so good. Yeah. Yeah,
0: that's cool. So there's ten bands that uh, I'm gonna go and check out. Well, I don't have to check out Architects, but I'll check them out again. Yeah, because yeah. Doing your advice. Yeah, now, I must admit. Uh, um, yeah, I don't know. The architect, architects is yeah. I mean, when you sent it through, I think you actually sent me the video of you when you went to go watch them. Yes, I did. Yeah, I, mean, I hadn't I heard from you for fucking ever. Yeah. And sorry, then I get this random video, <laughs> and I'm like, what the fuck is this? It's like, why is Nick sending this to me now? It's like, yeah. hey, dude, what's this? No, 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 I'm here, I'm watching Architects. I'm like, who's Architects? I was just thinking about so, you
2: yeah. my mind. Yeah. It's like, here we go. You know what? I'm sending this to the
0: Drew. Yeah, thanks very yeah. much. I really appreciate that. Huh? And I've also got your Spotify song playlist that you sent yeah. me as well, which I'm working through. And, yes, and,
1: yeah. and I think also if anyone, if anyone is – Interested in any sort of way, they can they can search for probably myself because he's not on social media um, yeah. and reach out. If you do want to get any sort of playlist or anything that's coming out, we often um, you know include a single. This is my dog Quinn. Sorry, <laughs> she's uh, making an appearance. Um, there's Quinn. Um, but yeah, you know, if 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 there is anything that we you know we often pop in like bands that we, we that we are watching or going to be watching, so we put singles in there. So we're constantly updating this kind yeah. of metal.
2: Yeah. If
1: anybody. Want to reach out? They're more than happy to just reach out to myself, not this guy. Yeah, um, you can't reach me. And more, more than happy to add them to playlists and things. Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah that's or, awesome.
1: You're to London as well.
0: Yeah, that's cool. <laughs> Thanks, Alistair.
2: If you guys want to go to a show with someone, if yeah. anyone's in London, hit us up.
1: We'll yeah. go with you, and we don't talk this much because this is a podcast. So we normally yes. we will we will be way more reciprocating in
0: real life. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> exactly. So Nick, before we, before we go, I've got one one last uh, thing to chat to you about. Uh, is that I can remember. I mean, can you remember this? Uh, you were still looking after the uh, box at um, Wanderers, for years yeah. and yes. uh, I can remember sitting in your sitting in your car listening to some of the new Vices music. Yes. Right. Yeah. Uh, Can you remember what happened while we were sitting there in the car uh, listening to the music?
2: No, I can't.
0: Can you you remember they had all those tables and chairs in front of the car? Yes. (laughs) And the next minute some chick stood up and then some... Okay, yeah, anyway. I think people can... People can can use their imagination about what was going on there.
2: We were sitting there and this girl got up and I was like... Andrew. and he's like i'm looking and i was like i know you are so am i whatever you doing, just act natural act natural turn up the music and then they're all like, dum, 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 dum. what's going on dude that was you know what i did i missed those days actually being in the sports box those were good yeah, days
0: no those were good days uh, we had good times there. Good but yeah but what I, I wanted to say is i still have not heard that album in its entirety and i uh, i did chat to you about it some time back and you said you had upload the music for me vices yes
2: i need to find it Uh, if you can
0: find it I, i i really would like to listen to that final album that you guys just never released
2: right dude uh i'm gonna find it for you uh literally i need to find it uh i've i've tried to stay away from that it brings back so many memories and yeah like um you know, it was so disjointed. I never got it as a, like, as a 12-song thing. I always saved it as like three songs, three songs, three songs. I will find it, and mm. I will send it to your on Dropbox. Thanks. Man. And you can have it. Thank you. All right. Man. <laughs> cool, <then. No> worries, <laughs> yeah. man. Anyway,
0: guys, thanks so much <laughs> for your time. Um, it was great catching up and meeting you, uh, Alistair. And um, we'll do this again.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. have yeah. nice been to a few shows.
0: Cool, man so there you have it that's this week's episode i hope you enjoyed that little light chat about music so towards the end there nick and alistair gave us 10 bands that they recommend that you go and have a listen to go have a listen give us some feedback right so don't forget to rate and review on apple Podcasts. follow the podcast on spotify and drop me a dm on facebook or instagram and that my friends is the end i'll catch you next time